Welcome to The Body Nerd Show. I'm your host, Alexandra Ellis, and after a decade in the fitness industry, I've finally cracked the code on how you can build sustainable strength without getting hurt. I'm a coach, writer, yogi, kettlebell devotee, lover of lifting heavy things, and 100% a body nerd. So stick with me, and I'll teach you how to make body maintenance and movement mastery a fundamental part of your wellness routine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back. You're listening to episode 119 of The Body Nerd Show. On today's episode, I'm joined by Andy Kraft of the Lab Rats podcast, and we're sharing why blue light blocker glasses are totally worth the hype, how to kick your caffeine and sugar addictions, and the simple things to focus on so that you can stay active and vibrant through your entire life. Now, I stumbled across their podcast, the Lab Rats podcast, a couple of weeks ago, scrolling through Instagram. And right away, I was like, these are my people. Aaron and Andy love to experiment and try new things and just really go into how to optimize your health. They have episodes on sleep and caffeine and collagen powder, which I was a little bit afraid to listen to because, you know, I love a scoop of collagen powder in my tea. And thankfully, the science backs it up. Collagen is legit. So Andy and Aaron explore current trends in the health world by just diving into the scientific research on every single topic, and they always experiment firsthand on themselves. And they use their bodies as living laboratories and looking for the optimal methods for maximizing human potential, longevity, and wellness. So I love their insight. I love their nerdiness. And I'm so excited to bring this conversation today to you that I had with Andy all about all of these nerdy, wonderful things. So enjoy my conversation with Andy Kraft of the Lab Rats podcast. All right. Well, today we have Andy Kraft of the Lab Rats podcast, and I'm so excited to find a fellow body nerd and body detective that is just as like experimental as I thought I was. So when I scrolled across your account, I was like, oh, could it be? Could they also be as endlessly curious <laughs> as I? So super excited to have you here today. And yeah, where I always like to start is what do you like to get nerdy about? Oh, all kinds of stuff. Sleep is a big one. Uh, nutrition, recovery, fitness. I mean, a little bit of biohacking, I guess. I don't get too crazy with that. But <laughs> yeah, really anything that has to do with feeling good, wellness, longevity. I'm all about that. Heck yeah. No, I'm like, again, I was like, oh my gosh, like best friends. Hello. How is it going? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. and how did you, I mean, I know my journey here was just from, you know, injuries and wanting to not be injured anymore, but like, how did you get to this point of just like optimizing health and experimenting with everything? Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. I'm always interested to hear everyone's journey because I feel like life just happens, you know, and, and then you end up in this place. Like, how did I get here? Um, yeah. for me, I mean, I was always into like exercise, fitness, staying active when I was young. Uh, Aaron and I both did springboard diving growing up. Oh. And so we had to stay in shape for that. I did a little bit of that in college and, you know, I did exercise like off and on throughout college in my early career, but the real catalyst for my whole health journey, where I tell people it began was back in 2017 with my wife, Katie, she started to have some vision issues and we didn't really know what was going on. Didn't think much of it, but it continued to get worse. Like in one of her eyes, like it just started to get darker and darker. 
like mm. from the bottom up. Mm. So we went to the eye doctor and he ruled out all of the major eye conditions. So he wanted to get an MRI and then she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, which is mm. an autoimmune condition. Mm-hmm. And so that was a very scary time because, you know, MS was messing with her vision and, and started to mess with her motor skills. And it was just this life changing moment for us. We didn't even realize how life changing it was or what it was going to be until we started reading more about how to manage MS. And we wanted to do everything right. So we started looking at like, okay, what can we do? You know, obviously medication was part of it, but like diet and lifestyle, what can we do? And so we experimented with, uh, with a few things. That's when the experimentation really began. We we kind of started with a plant-based diet, did that for about 18 months. And then she did not have a ton of success with that. So we eventually found this, um, this other diet, this, this modified paleo that was really created for people with MS. And that in combination with just daily movement, regular exercise, like absolutely changed her life. Like she, she got all her energy back. She actually said, I feel better now than I did before I was even wow. diagnosed with MS. Wow. Fully functioning. Her her MRIs have been clean the past several uh, past like two years, and we just that's when we saw how powerful these lifestyle decisions can be, and that kind of kicked off my whole fascination with nutrition. Started doing some more reading, studying a lot more, and that led an interest in you know fitness, sleep, uh, a mindset, and then I just started experimenting with things. And my brother, he kind of had his own journey around the same time. But whenever we got together, we just started talking about things that we were reading about, things we were experimenting with. And we always just had these great conversations. So I decided to make a podcast out of it. And we, we all always saw these headlines. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in a digital world, it's kind of hard to tell like what, okay, what information is just clickbait and what <laughs> is actually supported by evidence. Uh, all so like, clickbait. <laughs> right, yeah. A lot of clickbait out there. So like, all right, let's take some of these topics like, you know, fasting, carnivore. We did, we did a month of carnivore. That was interesting. Oh, um, what's carnivore? You eat only meat. Only meat all the time? Only meat all the time. Oh my God, <laughs> so we, how was that? We did, we did that for a month. It was interesting. It was, it was tough for like the first like week or two because you get, you get into ketosis as your, your body starts, you know, getting used to running on fat and not carbs. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of adjustment. And then, you know, getting used to only eating meat. And we did do fish as well, like fish and eggs. And we did like, you know, talk about nerding out. We did like blood work beforehand and then blood work <laughs> afterhand. So okay, like, how, did, how did this change everything? And uh, yeah, it was fun. I mean, I probably wouldn't want to do it again, <laughs> but uh, I feel like we did the experiment justice. So that basically with carnivore, like I think there are some good things, but then there are some things that I think that probably get taken a little too far, like with anything that yeah. happened when you're dealing with extremes like that. Yeah. Well, like stuff like that, we just like, like doing the research and then like experimenting to the extent that we can on ourselves and then kind of sharing our finding. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, we, we just want other people to realize like the power of taking care of yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, nutritionally, you you know, from a fitness perspective, just moving, sleep, mental health, all that kind of stuff. And, and it, do that without having to go through a, a chronic illness diagnosis. Um, yeah. And so that's that's kind of how it all started. And that does give like good motivation to stick with it. Because I think that's also what people struggle with a lot is like, okay, sure. Like I want to try this thing, but like, mm, what's it really matter? But when you stick with yeah. stuff like you guys have, then you're able to see the shifts and change and like what's possible. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because beforehand, like I, 
I mean, I was relatively in shape and I thought I ate relatively well, but I never really had this huge incentive to stick with things because if I ate unhealthy, I could just work out more. Like I wasn't gaining a ton of weight, even though I wasn't eating great. And, and I didn't have this really big incentive to be serious about it until my wife was diagnosed with this, uh, this condition. And then obviously like I, I eat like she eats and try to, you know, support her in that way. So yeah, it's, it just, it's crazy how it just opened up this whole world of experimentation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Today's episode is brought to you by Rad. Feel better from head to toe with mobility and recovery tools designed for every body and every lifestyle. Today, I want to tell you about the rod, and it's exactly what it sounds like, a rod, (laughs) but it allows you to customize your pressure, and I use this on my legs after my workouts. It's really quick and easy to use because it's just a rod, and you roll it and rub it up and down your legs, your arms. I've used it on my neck. It's super, super versatile, and it helps prevent soreness like nothing else. Now, I've used their axle, which is like a specially designed foam roller and recovery rounds post-workout. But what I love about the rod is it works just as well and it's really quick and easy to use. Now, if you want to go all in, the restoration bundle comes with all my favorite products so that you can move better and feel better in just a few minutes a day. If you want to support the show and you also want to feel amazing, head on over to radroller.com and use the code BODYNERD at checkout to save 15% off your entire order, including tools and education. That's radroller, R-A-D-R-O-L-L-E-R. Use the code BODYNERD at checkout and enjoy 15% off. Now, back to the show. I mean, it's unfortunate too that, like you said, that, uh, you know, a diagnosis brought you to that point. But I do think that so many people get labels of diagnosis, whether it's, you know, something like MS or even just like, oh, a bulging disc. And they're like, well, this is what I'm stuck with now and I can't do anything about it. So I love that you guys are sharing how you are actually doing something about it and simple things that people can do to make change. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you bringing that up because whenever I tell people that she had MS, it's, it's always, Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And which is like, I, you know, I appreciate that. It's people showing their support, but it's always, I can just tell that people think that it's, it's going to end in a wheelchair and like it does for a lot of people, but it doesn't have to look that way. I mean, there are conditions out there where it is what it is like, and there, there are just certain things that, you know, nutrition isn't going to be able to completely fight off, but like, mm-hmm. It really is powerful and it doesn't, and these chronic illnesses don't have to, to go down the way that I think a lot of people think they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You have so much more power than you think over your own biology and your physiology just from simple changes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. So now that you guys have like done a ton of experiments, (laughs) save us the trouble. (laughs) What have you found to be like the few things that make the biggest shift across the board? Yeah, that's a good question. There's so so many of them. Probably one of my (laughs) favorites. And one of the first things we actually experimented with was blue light blocking glasses. Have you ever seen these? They're like orange tinted glasses. Yeah, I actually I have a computer pair here, but mine aren't orange. Do they have to be orange to work? So there is two versions. There's like day versions and that just blocks like a little bit of the blue light from the screen to make it less severe. But if you're wearing them for sleep or if you're looking for the benefit of sleep, yeah, you're looking for that orange tint because that blocks all the blue light. Mm. So so blue light blocking glasses are for people that 
don't know what they are. They're just these glasses with like really orange tint to them and they block the blue light. And that significantly using that like two or three hours before bed significantly improved my ability to fall asleep quickly at night. So Mm. blue light emits a lot of energy, unlike red light, which is longer wavelengths, less energy. Mm -hmm. Um, the blue light is very, it's just, there's a lot of energy in blue light and that's not always bad. Like the sun emits a lot of blue light. Um, however, the sun is only visible for a portion of the day. Right. Problem is like when the sun goes down, you know, generally that's when we should start winding down, getting ready for bed. But that's when we turn all our, our house lights on. <laughs> it's when we look at our screens, we turn on Netflix mm. and all of these devices use LED lights, which emit a significant amount of blue light. And uh, when we're exposed to that blue light after the sun sets, uh, basically it suppresses melatonin production, which is mm-hmm. our sleep hormone. That's the hormone that tells us it's time to go to bed. So like even the brightness of a typical living room light is strong enough to suppress melatonin by like 50%. Whoa. And actually they've, they've done an experiment where they looked at two groups of people um, for two weeks in a lab and one group before bed read on an iPad leading up to bedtime. The other group read on a physical book leading up to, to bedtime. And then they measured their melatonin And on average, the group who read on their iPad before bed had suppressed their melatonin by like three hours. Oh my God. Wow. So basically you're looking at all these screens, you lay down in bed, like your body hasn't even really started to produce melatonin yet because you've suppressed it from all all these lights. So the, the nice thing, now you could turn off all your lights, turn off all the screens, but that's not always ideal. So you can just get these blue light blocking glasses that block all the blue light. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I'll put those on two or three hours before bed and I'll feel like I took a, like a sleeping pill, like a melatonin supplement. Oh, it just, it, it like literally makes you drowsy because your, your yeah. body starts to produce melatonin several hours before you're used to, if you're, if you're looking at your screen and, uh, yeah. it's super convenient cause you can just throw them on and you can still go about your day. I mean, you can even, you know, still look at your phone or look at your screen, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, watch TV or something, but, uh, but you're not getting the negative effects of the blue light. So yeah, that, that's Whoa. probably one of my favorites and relatively inexpensive. Yeah. I mean, did you just get some off Amazon or is there like a good place to yeah. get them? Yeah. So a couple good brands, raw optics are the ones I use. Mm-hmm. That's R a optics. And then there is true dark. That's another good brand. Blue blocks. I've seen that one. Swanwick is another decent one. Um, the ones on Amazon, some of them are okay. Like Swanwick, I think is on Amazon, but a lot of them are just orange tinted glasses. They don't necessarily block all the blue light. I mean, mm-hmm. it's better than nothing, yeah. but, but those are the ones where they're legit blue light <laughs> yeah. blocking glasses. I mean, Amazon this is unrelated. My husband just bought deodorant off Amazon, same brand he always mm-hmm. does. And he's like, this is, it doesn't really work, but it's like the same label and everything. And I'm like, well, that's, that's Amazon there, for you. There are so many knockoffs on Amazon. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. You got to watch out. <laughs> that's so awesome about the blue light glasses. Cause like I have, like I said, like a computer pair that I got because my eyes were just like aching at the end of the day. And I'm not even on my computer for eight mm-hmm. hours continuous, you know, just like four or five hours in the afternoon. It made right. such a huge difference in like my neck tension and my eyes. And then Leading up to bedtime, I've also been trying to stay off of my phone, which is really hard right now because I'm listening to a really good book. But even that, I can see in my like Garmin sleep tracking what an impact that has of being on devices before bed versus not. So yeah. 
to your point, you know, lights, everything around us is also emitting this blue light. And I mean, they're, they're, they could be super stylish. Maybe it's like the future. No, I know. That's what I said. I'm like, Hey, these things look awesome. I've actually worn them like out to restaurants. Like if I'm going out, like it doesn't happen often, but if I'm like going out for like a late dinner, I'll throw them yeah. on. I mean, you get a little weird looks, but like, I'm I don't committed know. I to my health. Cool. Okay. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. Just waiting for like a, it's a good conversation starter is, is the yeah. way I look at it. But if you don't want to like invest in one of those, I mean, again, like the screen, the phone screen is probably the biggest emitter of blue light because we mm-hmm. always have our face in our phones. Apple, um, so Apple has the night shift setting, which yeah. is blocks some of the blue light, but you can actually get, you can actually crank that up. If you go into the, I don't remember the exact settings, but if you go into the accessibility settings and mm-hmm. you go into like color shift, I think is what it's called. You can, you can basically set a shortcut where you tap the button three times and then your phone turns like pretty much all red. And there's no more blue. You you eliminate all the blue light coming from your phone. Oh, and so you can, yeah. You can still use your phone. Yeah. Okay. So I have that set up. I think actually mine right now might go to gray because I was trying to make it like less okay. addictive. But when I go yeah. camping with my dad, we set our phones to that so you can look at it at night and like you know look through the telescope and then look at your phone and oh, like yeah. not ruin your night vision. I literally hadn't even put two and two together that that was like also blue light. Okay. Yeah. Vision. Yeah. Oh. So that one that. I, I try to use that. I flipped on that on at like, I don't know, eight o'clock maybe if I'm not using my glasses. And then I think Android, I think they have an app called Twilight. Uh, I'm an iPhone guy, so I'm, I've never used it, but I think Twilight, that app should be free. It does the same thing. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to be linking to all of this stuff in the description. If you're like, wait, I don't have a pen and paper to take these notes also for myself. Cause those are all super, super awesome resources. And like you're saying too, it's like easy stuff. That's like already around. You're looking at your phone anyway. So just make it a little bit kinder to your brain and your body. Yeah. Yeah. And you notice, you notice a difference. Like we actually did uh, an experiment where we used our phones regularly, you know, looked at a screen like, I don't know, like we, I think we did it two weeks with just the regular screen. And then we like blocked everything starting at like 7 PM. And then we, uh, we did that for like two weeks and are based on our sleep trackers. Again, I don't know how super, super accurate they are, but like the sleep trackers are our fall asleep time. Our sleep latency is what it's called was like significantly better after, you know, using the, the blue light blockers. So we were able to, wow. cause you know, which makes sense and you feel better. You know, yeah. you have more melatonin being produced, so you fall asleep faster. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now, of course, you know, people might be listening to this and thinking, well, can I just take like a melatonin supplement and get the same thing? But I think doing something that allows your own physiology to have that natural rise of these hormones mm-hmm. is always going to be better than adding in another supplement. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you want your body to the extent that you can let, you know, let it do its own work. I think, I mean, I don't really think there's anything wrong with, with taking melatonin, but like you can get addicted to it. And mm-hmm. basically you, you kind of need more and more when you, your body's going to produce that naturally. You just need yeah. to, you know, expose it to the right things, like, uh, you know, the way that it was meant to. Yeah. I can't think of what the actual study was to, um, Dr. Andrew Huberman. Do you follow him at all? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. So he, uh, mentioned melatonin and I'm like remembering that conversation and being like, Oh my gosh. And I don't remember what it was, but I think there's been some research around it of like it's negative effect on other hormones. I'll just leave it at that. So I don't like okay, say something yeah. wrong. I, I know what you're referring to and right? I can't remember it either. Um, it's like it's yeah. tickling in my brain, but I can't remember. <laughs> I'll have to look at that. 
Uh, well, you know, maybe, maybe there's a health hack to help me improve my memory. Cause that has gone just, whew, there's too yeah. many things, too many things. I know. I know too much to remember these days. I know. I know. Okay. So one of the episodes that I saw and listened to was about your caffeine addiction. And I have also spoken about how I stopped drinking coffee. And it actually is one of like to this day, still the most popular episodes or videos on my YouTube channel. Cause people are like, no way. This is insane. I could not give up <laughs> coffee. Like you're insane. Right. So like, tell me like, how did you guys get to that? And where, where are you now with caffeine? Yeah. So we did this like three part series on addiction. We did uh, alcohol, caffeine and sugar. And I think these are all things where, you know, people may not necessarily think that they have an addiction, but they maybe have they're on the addiction spectrum, like they have some sort of dependency. But I think all three of those things are are relatively accepted by mm-hmm. society. It's very normal. And so it's harder to step outside of it and say, okay, Maybe like, maybe I'm doing this too much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, caffeine is probably the more innocent one, I guess, of, of those three. But a lot of people are addicted to caffeine. And, you know, I like, you know, a cup of coffee in the morning. But so, so what we did with the experiment is we did 30 days, which each, each of those without each of those things. So we did 30 days without coffee, Whoa. which was, Painful. which was tough, you know, because, um, <laughs> you know, I love my morning cup of coffee. And I think the biggest takeaway from that was, number one, how emotionally attached I was to that (laughs) that morning cup of coffee, um, which I don't think is like a a terrible thing. But it's also a great, great way to suppress the symptoms of sleep deprivation, Mm -hmm. which is what a lot of people use it for. And I noticed when I when I went off the caffeine, just how much more I felt when I didn't get good sleep. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, that's exactly what caffeine is doing. I mentioned in the episode, but you know, one of the interesting things about caffeine is that the way that it, uh, it impacts our, uh, our adenosine receptors in the brain. So to, to nerd mm-hmm. out a little bit, you know, and adenosine is this chemical that builds up in the brain through our waking hours. It's some, and sometimes referred to as sleep pressure. It builds up throughout the day. And it makes us more sleepy, um, kind of helps our body's circadian rhythm. It tells us when it's time to get some rest. And then when we sleep, that adenosine is, is, is flushed out and we're ready for a new day. Well, caffeine is an adenosine blocker. So it attaches to adenosine receptors and basically blocks the adenosine from attaching to the signal in our brain telling us we're tired. So that's how it keeps you awake. And if you do that longer enough, um, those receptors can become dulled or, or desensitized. So you need more and more to get the same effect. And that's kind of what we noticed. And when we, when we went off the caffeine is like, it took a little bit to, to get used to it. Cause your body is, you know, your body's used to, to that so caffeine addicted. blocking those receptors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think caffeine, I don't think in and of itself, it's a bad thing, but if, if you're using it to suppress symptoms of sleep deprivation or, or um, you, you can't function without it, it's, that's probably an issue. Um, and I think part of that depends on genes as well. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, some people are just more sensitive to caffeine than others. Um, I think another, another detriment to caffeine to go along with the sleep is that it stays in your system for a while. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize that you see people drinking a cup, cup of coffee at like three or four in the afternoon. Well, the half life of caffeine is like six hours. So mm. let's say at 4 p.m. you drink a cup of coffee that has 100 mg of caffeine in it. 
by 10 p.m., you still have 50 megs of caffeine in your system when you're trying wow. to go to bed. Yeah. So I think that's one thing that I learned too is like, okay, if I'm going to drink coffee, I need to cut it off at like noon. And, you know, everybody metabolizes caffeine differently, but, you know, in general, like it, it's going to take four to eight hours for, for half of it to leave your system. Yeah. Hadn't thought of it that way, yeah. but that's a great point. I have found out I'm a very slow metabolizer of caffeine. And so I'm just okay. so caffeine sensitive that I'm like, it's better without it. And then like you're saying about the sleep deprivation, then you're like, oh, I guess I really should get some more sleep because I don't have right. anything to lean on in the morning. Like, you know, Irish breakfast tea just doesn't quite hit the same as right. caffeine does, yeah. but it is. And, and, also caffeine and sugar, which most people, mm -hmm. right, they're putting some sort of sweetener or some sort of, you know, like creamer that has sugar in it too. Like for me, I remember a couple of years ago, um, like a coffee ice cream at night. And then like, I just laid in bed. I was like, oh, okay. that was a terrible, terrible choice. But yeah. then it was too late. Yeah. That's, I know that's, that's the thing with a lot of these caffeine beverages, unless you're drinking straight black coffee, um, I mean, typically it's got some sort of sugar or sweetener added to it. I mean, if you look at like some of the Starbucks drinks, I, we, we looked at one, um, I think when we were doing the caffeine episode and it, it had this, this, this drink at Starbucks had like 72 grams of sugar in it for like one drink, oh which is gosh. just insane. Yeah. I mean, how much yeah. is like a Coke have? Isn't it like 75 or something? Yeah. I, th I think for a. Uh, like the 16 ounce bottles, it's like, yeah, 60, 65 cans are obviously a little less, but yeah, I mean, that's how most people are drinking their caffeine. Oh goodness. Okay. So we need to turn our screens red and just really take a look at our relationship with caffeine. There you go. <laughs> and maybe yeah. how would so I've cut out sugar for 30 days before. Um, and I know you said you had like an emotional attachment to caffeine. How was it for you with cutting out sugar for 30 days? That wasn't as bad, actually. The caffeine was worse because um, I generally, I don't eat a ton of sugar. Like generally, I get most of my sugar from fruit. And, and we did no added sugar. So we didn't do, like obviously right. we were still eating some fruit. But it's not common if for me to drink like a sugary beverage or to eat like a, a cookie or something. So, but but I do like, I don't know, once or twice a week, maybe, you know, my wife and I you know, want to grab a pastry or something you know, as a little treat. Um, so that was a little, I guess, d disappointing to not be able to do that. But, but I, I don't feel like I had an addiction to it. Like there was no withdrawal symptoms because I don't, I don't eat sugar that much. But. Yeah. And you're making me realize how bad of an addiction to sugar. I, have. <laughs> I mean, most people do. Yeah. The first time I cut sugar out, I think it was like in the first 14 days, I came home and I was like, I'm gonna eat this peach when I get home. And I had been like, just, you know, thinking about this peach is gonna be so great. And then I cut into it. And it like, wasn't ripe yet. And I started crying. <laughs> and my husband is like, Oh my God, what's That's wrong funny. with you? And I'm like, I just, this peach is not ripe. <laughs> That's funny. The way that most um, sugary foods are made are they're, they're meant to keep us addicted. Like they, mm -hmm. they trigger the reward center of the brain and that's what keeps us coming back for more. So it's, I mean, it's, it's actually very normal, you know, to be addicted. Our bodies are, are wired to be addicted to that food. So it does take some rewiring to, to get off it. It's so hard. I mean, yeah. I think I also, I so appreciate you just like, it's an addiction because there, um, 
are, you know, people who are addicts to drugs talk about how, you know, it's got to be cold turkey or not necessarily cold turkey, but like all or nothing. Because mm-hmm. once you go off and you're like, well, let me just try this. And like, just when, you know, try this, then it's like you're downhill. And like, that's me every Christmas with sugar <laughs> and like the cookies and the this and the that. And it's just like a bender. Um, so right. I will think about it. I will think about decreasing my <laughs> sugar consumption because clearly I have an issue. No, I think it, I think it's all about just like making small changes over time. Like that was one thing Mm -hmm. that we talked about is like, I didn't just one day give up sugar and start eating healthy. Like this, this progression happened over the course of, you know, three or four or five years. Um, I mean, if you were, if you were to show me like what I eat now in my life, like six years ago, I'd be like, how do you live? Like that seems so (laughs) miserable, but like it, it just gradually happened over time, started replacing things. Um, it, you know, change, change really doesn't happen overnight. And when you do it, mm-hmm. you know, over time, increase those, uh, those habits little, little by little, you know, makes it more sustainable. So mm-hmm. maybe just pick like one thing, one thing that you eat a week and just like take that out one time. Oh, just start with that. So hard. I got a journal about I this. <laughs> I know it's tough. <sighs> like even just thinking about it is like making me have like I'm getting hot and like sweating I'm like oh no don't give up the sugar which is in itself like clear indication that I have a problem. <laughs> no, it's hard. It's hard. Like the I mean it's good. It tastes amazing. It's so good. Like, yeah. It's, um, my my sister got married this past weekend and at the reception they had a six layer chocolate cake from this restaurant back at home which is like my absolute favorite dessert and I like I ate it. And I realized like, man, this is so good. Like, I've, <laughs> I've deprived myself for too long. And, and like, you know, it was, I easily got back into it. Like that weekend of, of uh, wedding festivities, it's like there's always like cookies or, or something out. And yeah, I mean, you, you can get, get back into it pretty quick. It's, it's, it's made to keep you addicted. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's normal. Mm-hmm. It's not our fault. <laughs> no, it's All right, not. Well, I <laughs> dive into my sugar addiction. Um, what advice can you offer from your own like research and studies and experimentation about like how to stay healthy and keep moving and keep working out until we're like 120? Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that question. So I, I think there's a big difference between living long and living well. I think there are, there are people out there that live a long time, but you know, they're, they're miserable. And uh, I mean, if you say to people, like, I, like I tell people, I want to live to 120 and like, oh, that seems so miserable. Like just, you know, take me out at 80. It's like, well, I think there is a way where you can live long and live well. Like living long does not have to mean a nursing home. You know, mm-hmm. I think right now, six in 10 adults in the U S have a chronic illness. I think four in 10 adults have uh, two or more chronic illnesses. And obviously that makes aging very miserable, but I don't think it has to be that way. And so one thing that I try to think about in terms of just, I guess you can call it fitness or just, just living well is, you know, number one, like moving often. A lot of times we're not moving enough, myself included. I sit at a desk a lot of the day and, you know, we're finding ways to sit more and more like with DoorDash, we don't even mm-hmm. have to get up to get our food. It'll just be brought to us. <laughs> and so our, our lives are becoming more sedentary and that leads to shorter lives, mm-hmm. you know, muscles, tendons, and bones, brains start to degrade when we don't move. So I think no matter what the movement is, you know, even if it's just doing the dishes, doing the laundry one day or walking around the block, just keep moving. You know, you see a lot of people that they hit retirement and then they just rapidly go downhill. And because retirement for a lot of people looks like sitting in a chair. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, you know, and then that's when a lot of issues come up 
uh, my uncle, like th- this past weekend, I saw him, he's 68 years old and he looks like he hasn't aged since I was a little kid, like <laughs> 20 some years ago. And it's cause he's always moving. He's always just like doing yard work or, or out golfing, walking the dog. And, uh, even though he's been retired for 15 years, like he's still like looks great. He feels great. And so I think always keep moving is, is really important when it comes to, uh, longevity. And then I think another, another principle that I try to apply, but you, you'll, you'll appreciate this one. It's just like switching it up. So I think yes. people fall into a trap of, of always doing the same thing, like always running or, you know, maybe only doing yoga and no strength, which is fine. Like, I think it's people find something that they enjoy and they do it, but you can, you can kind of miss some key attributes of movement. So I think generally there are like 10 physical skills that should be regularly worked. Okay. So like cardio, cardio is one, you know, Mm -hmm. in respiratory endurance, like that's obviously everyone needs cardio later in their life. Uh, stamina, strength, strength is one. I think that gets missed a lot as we age, you know, Mm -hmm. as, as we age, we lose muscle, especially if we, we remain sedentary and, you know, a lot of that can be reversed by exercise. So like strength training, even if it's just like resistance band or, or lightweights, do some sort of strength, power, flexibility, you know, as we age, muscles, tendons, and ligaments all get more stiff. And I think there's always an offer, opportunity to improve this. You know, the longer mm-hmm. you sit, obviously, the, the, the more stiff you're going to get. So to the extent that you can, just like, you know, keep stretching. It's never too late to work on your flexibility, even late in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so flexibility, speed, coordination, agility, accuracy. I think it's nine. And then the last one is balance. So, mm. I mean, I think I had two grandparents that, um, fell and, and broke their hip. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's how it, that's the beginning of the end for a lot of yeah. all the elderly people is, is falls, you know, falls are big and it's because those small balance and, and coordination muscles don't get worked very often. So they weaken mm-hmm. and then, you know, just one little off balance movement can, can really send you down a, a spiral. So I think like working all of those things, not just, not just bench press, you know, not just running, not just stretching, but like all of these things, cardio, stamina, strength, power, flexibility, speed, coordination, agility, accuracy, and balance. So I think continually working all those things will help us uh, work out late into life. And then I think doing something you enjoy is also important because if you don't mm-hmm. enjoy it, you're not going to want to do it forever. So find something you can enjoy with people. And then I think that'll kind of sustain you for all walks of life. Amen to all of that. It's so true. I think people get stuck in this groove of what they think they should do and then they hate it, but that's what everyone else is doing. So I should just keep doing it. And like life is way too short, even if you live to 120 to do stuff that you don't like to do. Agreed. Agreed. I, okay. I'm just, I'm so energized. I'm so inspired too, to like maybe give up some sugar. (laughs) But I think that we've definitely touched on a lot of great stuff today that is going to help all of us, myself included. I'm going to go check out those glasses to just like sleep better and feel better and move better and just thrive Mm -hmm. and really enjoy the ride. So tell us more about your podcast, Lab Rats Podcast, but also this awesome newsletter that you have, Health Hacked, and where people can learn more. Yeah. So we do a podcast, as we kind of alluded to um, throughout the whole episode. It's called Lab Rats Podcast. We'll take a popular topic and kind of div- dive into it in detail. The thing is with podcasts is that they are a time commitment. Some of our episodes are like an hour long, which is 
it's just a lot of time. So, you know, we realized that, you know, there's a need for good health information. And so we wanted a way to deliver that healthful information that was reliable, useful, but easier to digest than just like an, an hour long podcast. So we created this weekly newsletter called Health Hacked that's hacked without an E. So H-A-C-K-D. The reason we pulled the E, I know it's annoying when companies do that, but like the, <laughs> the domain was like 10 grand and we're like, oh, we're not gosh. paying 10 grand. Let's just drop a vowel, you know, and then we're trendy and then it's cheaper. <laughs> so it's health hacked without the E and, and hacked. Um, it's a weekly newsletter containing, you know, just the latest health related news around nutrition, fitness. Um, we even touched on like some, some mental health stuff in there, mm-hmm. um, longevity, just all kinds of stuff. We try to keep it like no clickbait, you know, no fads. Yeah. There's like good health information. Cause a lot of that, if you go on your Apple newsfeed, your Google newsfeed, it's a lot of worthless stuff. I mean, some <laughs> of the stuff is, is good, but what we try to do is try to weed out all the garbage on, on your feed so that you have real applicable, you know, useful, straightforward health news. And we try to do it in a way that's, that's entertaining. So we put some like pictures and gifts and some jokes in there. Um, just, yeah, try to make it, uh, informative, but also, you know, entertaining and enjoyable to read. Yeah. And I've been looking forward to every newsletter and I even go and share with my membership. I know, uh, I think it was like last week or the week before about gratitude. Cause that's something I talk about, about like, you know, having a gratitude practice and it's a great place to start. And I was like, see, and here's more science about it. So yeah. thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. We link all the studies so you can, uh, you can div- dive into it yourself. Yeah. You can sign up at healthhack.com. Yeah. And I will link to both the podcast and the newsletter and all the stuff that we talked about down in the description. And thank you so much for joining us today. This has been awesome. You guys are awesome and you're doing amazing things. And I so appreciate like slogging through the research to then share it with the rest of us. So thanks again. Yeah. Thank you. This has been fun. I appreciate it. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. And one of the things that I really took away from today is about little things, right? And I talk about this all the time. Little changes add up to bigger things. And so whatever it is, your goal, right? Whatever that thing is that you're working towards, what's one thing that you can make a change for towards that, right? I'm seriously considering ditching my sugar addiction. Like don't blow up my DMs right now and telling me how I'm totally addicted. I know. Okay. I know, but I'm willing to think about it, (laughs) but I'm curious what your biggest takeaway was. So take a screenshot, tag us on Instagram. I'm at Hala You can get Andy and Aaron over at at health.hacked and that's hacked without the E. Let us know what you learned, what your biggest takeaway was, if you have any questions. Um, And as always, you can always call the body nerd hotline at 818-396-6501. And if you're looking to get into the habit of moving more as a part of your regular routine, I know that was one of the things that Andy talked about being super, super important to maintaining your health and longevity. And I know I've been saying it all along, but it's always great to hear someone else say it too. So if you want to get into that habit and kickstart your mobility habit, definitely check out my mobility mastery toolkit. So it's four weeks of mobility exercises and a calendar totally planned out for you that are going to help you build your strength and flexibility in your hips, your shoulders, your feet, your lower back, and more. And it's just $27 and you get a month of body maintenance plus a workday stretch guide for easy stretches that you can use to break up your day and help your body feel awesome even when you're sitting at a desk. You can learn more right now at mobilitytoolkit.co. 
Now, before I go, don't forget that show notes, fun links, free downloads, the Body Nerds group, and all things podcast related live over at aewellness.com slash podcast. And I'm going to say it again just to remind you, because I know you know the drill. We've been together for 118 episodes, but still, make sure you subscribe, you review, you share, you rate, all of those things. I so, so appreciate when you take the time to do that. It really, it means the world to me. So thank you. And here's to asking better questions, moving more, rocking awesome blue light blocking glasses, and getting nerdy. And thank you for helping me spread the word that your body is super cool and that you, my friend, can change the unchangeable. I'll talk to you next week. Pain stops you in your tracks and body work is one of the fastest and most effective ways to deal with it. I've put together a free PDF with the six places you need to roll right now for quick relief. Plus, the reason why what you've tried so far has only given you a temporary fix. So whether it's back pain, plantar fasciitis, neck tension, shoulder pain, or tight hips, I've got you covered. And when you download it now, I'll also send you some video demos to get you started even faster. Head on over to aewellness.com slash bodywork, that's B-O-D-Y-W-O-R-K, to get started today.